Big Farm. You've heard a lot about Big Pharma, but have you ever thought about what the government involvement in our supply chain for food has done to that said supply chain? Let's talk about it as we watch your culture stray further every day. Howdy, Jonathan Fiala here, and you may be thinking that this is not a relevant topic for apologetics podcast, but we're going to make the case that it is and uh, looking forward to it. But I'm joined by a full house today in the chair of theology. I have Miss Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad All to have right. you there in the chair dealing with why we believe what we believe. Mr. Pomeroy in the chair of philosophy. We are ready to tackle this topic, a very important one for us to consider. Glad you're here. And uh, you're going to have a lot of good information to weigh in on in this. Yep. Looking forward to it. And Mr. Steve to his left in the chair of culture. You bet, man. How's it going? incorrect. Man, I'll tell you what. That... Uh, Appreciate it there. There you go. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> I moved this that mic flag closer. looks really good behind you there, John Arthur. I, <laughs> I, I, I like that. That's that looks real good, man. I, I feel spangly. I, I feel spangly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm in about to trip, break out in song. <laughs> you see? In the chair of politics, yeah. as you can see, if you are on YouTube or Rumble, by the way, Rumble, thank you, 83 people on Sharing there. Sharing is caring. Awesome. Glad, yep. Yeah, make sure you share around. So let's go ahead and get into it real quick. Um, when we talk about big pharma, we all know about how the uh, FDA and the NIH and all these other regulatory, these, these alphabet soup, uh, entities regulate how we can use prescription drugs, vitamins, and mm -hmm. food. But food, some people don't realize all of these groups actually do also regulate farm. And there are mm -hmm. other agencies that regulate the, the farm industry. Uh, and have been for years, what, many years. What do they ultimately, and, and, and before, we did, before we get there, Actually, I'm, I'm going to actually ask the question with a, uh, a quick note. Rye Rye, the producer guy, is not in this morning. So what we're going to do is, I'm sorry, I'm running it, running from over here. See if I can get this here. And we are going to run a little video. And people have been sharing these things on Twitter, and they found them to be rather concerning. And I, I share their concerns. And we need to talk about what exactly is happening, because I think the Christian needs to be well-informed about the times for mm -hmm. a lot of reasons. But let's yeah. go ahead and watch this yes. real quick from Twitter. It might be hard to understand, but he's got quite the accent, but... They're pouring out milk for those on audio. I will show you. By the way, this year, Canadian milk is $7 a liter. When I go for my haircut, people say, wow, $7, Jerry, for a little bit of milk. I say, well, you have to go higher up because we have no say anymore as a dairy farmer on our own farm because they... Uh, They make us dump it. And no matter how we stand up, so this time I'm going public. I want the people to see the pain that us growers have 
of 365 days as a little boy we grew up on a dairy farm came from europe work 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 and here we are this is what's happening all right so that right there has spawned a whole bunch of other questions and there are videos out there and i i i, I want to pull out this other this other video real quick and then i want you to react to it um mr palmer because i think some people have a certain idea of, of what's happening here and it can be problematic if you do not have the full story yeah. so let me pull that up real quick this is one video that has gone viral on uh, TikTok, actually, it's a it's a set of videos. It's a supercut. For those of you on audio, what you're going to be hearing is lawnmowers and farmers describing what they're doing. So. Is it true that the government is paying farmers to destroy their crops? And the simple answer to that is yes, they are. I initially heard about the government paying farmers to destroy their crops. I thought it was a load of bullshit. Well, lo and behold, Sorry, we received language. our construction notice the other day. So basically, there was two options on how to destroy the crop. The government could fly on Agent Orange, or we could manually destroy the crop ourselves. Oh, we put too much blood, sweat, and tears in it to let them destroy it, so we decided to manually do it ourselves. Basically, it said if we used a lawnmower to destroy the crop, we could receive an extra $600 an acre. Something about the low carbon footprint or something. So that's what we're doing. Now, they really didn't tell us how many acres to destroy. They just said, get after it and we'll be watching you from satellite. We'll give you a call when you've destroyed enough. So I better get back after it. So he's mowing down more on a John Deere, which does look a little bit odd to me that he's doing that with a skid steer, small tractor. Yep. Plowing it up. Government said they'd pay us 3800 bucks an acre. Hey, that's better than what Milo prices are right now. So, getting her done. So, how to open your car door. Okay. Let's get rid of that. But, a couple of those guys have come out later and said that it was a joke. That's not a joke. Or it was a prank. So, I want to hear from your perspective now. We, we've kind of set the table. So there's a lot of folks out there that say that this is, and by the way, you, you look this up, one of the first articles to come up was a CNBC article about, or a fact checker article from one of those large networks. Uh, this black lady is debunking uh, every single one of these, but she right. doesn't actually debunk them. She just says quotas and hand-waving. Well, yeah. So first of all, let's start with the first post that you had there. The milk. And it was, I did not have to listen to the full thing. In the first 15 seconds, I knew that he was in Canada. Now, you may be thinking, well, okay, Charlie, so that's not happening in America. No, it is. And I'm going to give proof of that in just a few minutes. The thing is, up in Canada, that video right there should have, to the normal person, let's say that you're a person there in Canada, you enjoy drinking milk. And by the way, for those that are sitting there listening to this, nobody should be drinking milk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can drink what we want, especially something like milk. Okay? So I'm not, I'm not here to say that you have to drink milk. That is not what I'm saying. But if I, as a consumer, want to drink milk and it's costing me $7 a liter, a liter, do the math, folks. 
that's anywhere from $22 to $25 a gallon for milk. That's insane, and that's wrong. And you're forcing farmers to pour that out. That guy didn't do that for his video. He did not do that for his video. And, and I, I'm telling you, that is flat-out truth right there, what's happening. That is happening in America. I grew up on a dairy farm in a small town in western New York. And uh, I remember in my high school years, I had um, a friend in our class. Her dad was a dairy farmer. And I remember there toward the end of our high school years, he was no longer doing any producing of milk. Still owned the farm. Okay. Still owned the farm. And the thing is, he was not producing milk because the government was giving him more money than what he was making doing his milk. Why was the government doing that? That, ladies and gentlemen, that young people is the very question that must be answered. And we can speculate on some of those different things. Don't necessarily want to get into that. Um, I have my ideas of why. But the issue of the government buying out, if you will, the production of food, whatever it might be, is a true thing. And it is happening. So... And you don't have to be wearing a tinfoil hat to believe this because here, here, here's what happens. Some years, do you get more milk than others? You do. And it was interesting what he said there on that video because uh, I could totally relate to it. He was talking about the consistency of the feed and things like that. There are two things that increase milk production. One is the, the grain that a cow is being fed. Um, the better quality of the grain, the better milk production. The more that you give them, the more milk production. The second thing is the hay or the corn content that you might be giving them. You might be giving them corn silage or you might be giving them hay. One of the best um, milk producing hays is alfalfa. I mean, that is like, it, it is the lush of lush. It's good for the cow. And a cow will go spastic over it. I remember mm -hmm. my dad chopping that up um, in the summertime uh, because we would use some of it to feed the cows. And we would open the gates and you, you would have thought you were watching kids because they would jump all over and they would snap their heads all over. It was the smell of the alfalfa. It just does something to them. So those two things are what increase milk production. The one thing that, that I want everybody to really realize, because this doesn't apply just into a dairy farming situation. We're going to talk about the dairy farming side, but this is an overarching principle here. Why is the government trying to control production of something? That's the question. And... If we don't answer that, if we don't get the answer to that, if we don't understand the answer to that question, we are setting ourselves up to be deluded and misled. And, and I'm afraid that's where we are. I want to share one more quick story, and we can get into more of this. I was driving for Uber. Uh, this is uh, several years ago. And I remember picking a guy up um, in downtown, large convention, and... He got in the car. This guy was an acorn guy. 
or not uh, almond almond sorry and he got in the car and he was letting the f words fly and we're gonna we're gonna put the the dairy farmers out of business i mean he is preaching this i'm taking him to the airport which is a 25 minute ride and i had to listen to 25 minutes of this and in the background in my mind i'm thinking you do not understand what you're truly trying to do you don't understand the ramifications of it by the way i'm good with almond milk i'm good with that i don't have a problem with that well, I don't it's, drink it. It's a it's an almond secretion. Uh, I was on almond milk for years because of because of my profound allergies. And I, that I had, right there is the well, reason. Uh, I had yeah. life threatening allergies, and so people the people who say, "Oh, I drink almond milk. It's so much better for the planet," just yeah. lay off. Yeah, and that what, was the point. What 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 happens to a cow uh, uh, a cow when she's not milked? Oh, okay. That was another mm-hmm. great one. So you might have been thinking, well, why does the dairy farmer have to keep milking the cow? Okay, the cow will develop a a sickness called mastitis, and it will render that cow pretty much useless until that issue is fixed. And you don't just, it's it's not a switch that you flip on and off. He had to keep doing that. Yeah. If he doesn't keep doing that, he loses part of his herd. Yeah. And that's you don't want to be well, in that position. And it's not it's not merciful to the cows no, either. And no. that, 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 that's what I think the greenie weenies don't get. It's like we're, we're at in truth, 90 something percent of all Americans are heavily conservationist. Yes. The problem is, is that the, the well, the topic has been polluted by by politics. Yep. None of us wants dirty rivers. We don't right. want, you know, uh, uh deforestation we all want that the question mark is is how do we go about it and at what cost to human capital do we take that and what are the benefits like you look at the uh uh the i'm getting out out of the scope of this but you look at the uh sierra club and what they've done to california with their lobbying they've just made a tinderbox that's killed many 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 more uh wild animals than it would have if you just done controlled burns i want to speak one more thing time on the on the issue of the crops the other the other post that you pulled up i believe that is being done as well we we know it is on the issue of corn well we also know the issue we also know that it is being done on the issue of uh, cherries and yes. so j- oh, just, yes. just to tee yeah. you up because i i don't want to get outside of, of some of these trade rules force michigan cherry farmers to destroy a crop this is a uh, 2016 article but by the way this is where they they forced them to to destroy all their cherries because they wanted to maintain the prices yeah and listen to the full 10 minutes if you want to sometime we're not going to on here but uh, it, you know link in the description as always we always cite our stuff we're trying to make sure that we are both hands wide open, so to speak. But uh, I, that happens so that they can fix the price. And that is a problem because some years you have a drought and you have less cherries instead of just canning the cherries. Like this year, we could have really used, if they had frozen or canned those cherries, we could have used them this year and last year and the year before that. But why does the government go about regulating that? There's a reason. And mm-hmm. we'll get to ethanol and corn in a moment. I don't want I want to take that yeah, as a entirely sure. different route. But why does the government 
regulate fruit like that? So in my opinion, it is for control. And, and guys, it, so I'm speaking for me. This is the conclusion that Mr. Charlie has come up with, okay? This is to control things. Um, it's no different with dairy farmers. By the way, can I just say that all the farmers around where I grew up are no longer in business. There might be four or five farms that are still in the area, still still going. Barns have caved in. Um, houses have been run down. Uh, homes not kept up. I mean, it fields it, overgrown. Overgrown fields are way overgrown. It it is a horrible, horrible sight. And I will tell you that if if we would just let the market take care of itself, it will indeed do just that. That's why I, I do believe in capitalism. I don't believe in socialism. In socialism, you're allowing government to control. In capitalism, many people are in control. And when you think about where our farmers are today, we have way fewer farmers in control. And we are putting ourselves in a position where we, are, we have abdicated our control to government controlling food. There's a lot of people on the internet talking about prepping, so on and so forth. We wouldn't, I don't think we would be in that kind of a position where we listen to all that if we allowed the market to just do what it's supposed to do. Well, and that's just part of following biblical principles. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got... Um, I'm sorry, I'm making noise. <laughs> you're making, you're grabbing some drop. food. I, I was no, literally about to ask you. It's a cough drop, and it's like, <laughs> I can't believe this is being... You should stop yes. your smoking. <laughs> she doesn't smoke, folks. <laughs> that's sick. That's sick. Oh, Cold you're going to get it later. Yeah, I am. I'm going to get it. <laughs> so, Fauci, COVID. Oh, my goodness. So, what does the Bible say about the excess of the crops? Nikki, what what is what is the landowner supposed to do when there is excess? Well, it was designed. If you go back to the Old Testament, they were actually supposed to leave some food for the poor. Wasn't that? I mean, that was. This is the gleaning, it, it, right? It was. Um, that's when you go to the Book of Ruth. That's what Ruth was doing. She was going in and she was picking up what was being left by those that were going in and and. and um, and, and can I just add on to that real quick? I mean, that is exactly right. No, you can't. <laughs> no, there's some inside jokes there, folks. Sorry. But what's interesting is Boaz, in understanding what was going on with the situation, he told the workers, leave more. Leave more. I'm not going to go do it for you. I'm going to allow you the honor, the integrity of doing it yourself. That's good. Yeah. And that is exactly what Boaz did. And I think the issue of cleaning is hugely important in our society, and we don't do it. And I want to get to letting the land lay fallow, and we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But before I do, uh, I do want to kind of get to a certain point with this because some of you are wondering again why we're getting into this as a christian's a christian apologetic podcast well it does affect you and it is something that is directly uh uh a threat to your family but there's something else i think it's it's kind of interesting to watch the signs of the times yeah i think that we're seeing eschatological 
workings happen in our society today. Because, again, I'm not saying that this is happening right now. But in a few years, I could just as easily see the price regulation and control of the of the government coming in, stepping in and, and causing. I'm, I'm not attributing malice where incompetence can be asserted. I think the government is very bad at price fixing. And that's where you get the big farm. But it's not a far hop from them to go, wait a minute, no, no, no. Here, you're gonna make you're gonna make more money this year by destroying these crops. I'm not sure if I buy all of the videos that are out there that they're they're destroying, but it's not that far of a jump. And the fact that we're that's so correct. close to that, that that you could have a famine that's induced by a government that says, Burn all of your crops, mm-hmm. that would bring us to a point where America would fall on its knees and say Give me a mark on my hand so that I can participate in the European and the and the Eurasian uh, new world order. You know, it's interesting because when you look, think about Steve, you you go hunting quite a bit, and you bring back a lot of uh, pig meat and and deer meat, mm-hmm. and there's so many different people now um, with stuff on YouTube about being self-sufficient on a very small piece of land. Right. You know, how how much time do you spend a year doing that stuff, going out and getting your pig meat and deer meat? Well, uh, at, at different times, you know, um, sometimes not too long, and then at other times, quite a bit of time. I mean, so you could go not- a month maybe some years and a couple months two, two three months other years yeah uh and sometimes you can go out and just you know take a a few days and and accomplish something and then other times it may take weeks to, so that kind to of goes something to that goes to my point right there is that you know we're very used to walking into a walmart or or a, a kroger or whatever our favorite store is and we'll we expect to see food on the shelves lots of it lots of it right guys it started with the with the pandemic your shelves i don't know about around you guys i do know about my stores it is rare to see the shelves full anymore yeah uh-huh and it, it, so that really plays well with everyone's suspicions with and, and again, it plays very well into the conspiracy theory. Part of it is, and and, and I, I do very much believe this. There's actually a good explanation of some of this based on the COVID nineteen bit. And uh, let me see if I can pull that up real quick, because there is some evidence that suggests that that there is damage to the supply chain. Yep. Because of COVID, and that I can I can actually somewhat believe, because. What did we do with COVID nineteen? We we drove a a dumpster truck right yes, through sir, the economy. We did. Yep. And what you have is people who have uh, a supply <clears throat> chain that is set up for this farm is a boutique farm, and it uh, provides these things to this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like they this this farm provides this is a fish fishery, yep. and they provide this type of salmon. And to these five fine restaurants over the tri-state area. Yep. You bring in COVID and those restaurants shut down. How do those fit? Now everyone wants to bring it home. Uh, I'm having a hard time finding it. Now everyone wants to bring that food home. I'll put it in the link in the description if I can remember. There's, there's a good article on this. 
How does this farm that has been doing fine salmon now export? How do they make it? How do they export to these households who are now buying? They're not even buying canned goods anymore. By the way, when we eat at home, salad is not on the not on the roster for most people. For me, it is right. I'm I'm, I'm really big. I'm a very plain Jane, simple guy. Uh, chicken, rice, and, and salad like that's that that's me. But most people aren't. We go for the Chef Boyardee or or mm-hmm. or the yeah, Campbell's soup or whatever's yep. easy. I'm not big on canned stuff too much. And, you know. Well, it's a, it's a, a lot of people, but are. a lot of people are. Yes, and yeah. and that's TV dinners. I think that's where yeah. the radical shift is going to have to come, because when those foods are no longer on the shelves because you go to the store and they're empty, what are you going to turn to? Right. Correct. And one of the things that. Um, People don't realize is that when we go back home and all the farms are shut down and the fields are overgrown and the house and the barn are gone you don't just pick up and start over again you to start a dairy farm or anything there's overhead there's a, a price lot. there's yes yep there's a price involved so in america we should america should be very self-sufficient we really should we and have no, no excuse to not be no, excuse. Yeah, we should not be buying from overseas, maybe shipping overseas, but everything that we need, I think America can provide for herself. And, and that should be a priority. Well, and, and unfortunately, you saying that sounds too much like like the Nazis in Germany, apparently, because what you just said was America first. Mm-hmm. I just said America. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. Without using that trigger word. And it's, it's not about America first, everyone else, not at all. It's Amen. do I feed my family and do I protect my family or do I let thousands of people who do not appreciate what America is, millions of people who do not appreciate Mer- what America is to drag our children down. Those children who should be raised in God's light to do God's work and to change the change the world for the positive, to cure cancer, to go and and feed you know Africa, to be part of the cultural change that that changes africa and china into into lovers of liberty mm. but instead of that what we do is we we're allowing millions of people who are raiding malls and it looks like in a zombie apocalypse oh, yes. it really does mm-hmm. and they're just running and hurting through but again it's another podcast but the the point i think you make a really good point in in for you younger people that are that are out there listening to this, and John Arthur brought this up at the very beginning of the podcast about all the different acronyms that we have within our government. I know it's a pain. Get rid it, of it, 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 <laughs> A, uh, that's a good start. But you as a young person should understand some of those acronyms. You should understand the ramifications of what they do within a particular agency. I'm not saying that you should memorize all of them, but you should find out the key ones. Do you know what the DEA is? Do you know what the ATF is? Those are important. Drug smuggling agencies. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. But Uh, only partially. When you talk Um, about those things, and we can point to historical events over the last 40, 50, 60 years with some of these agencies, and you scratch your head and you're going, what in the world? Look at what San Francisco is going through now. Do you honestly think that you want to move to San Francisco? I don't care what kind of grand delusion, that, I'm sorry, grand 
illusion, delusion. not delusion, <laughs> illusion that you might have in your head about a great city to live. I promise you, for as great as what San Francisco was 40, 50 years ago, you're not going to find anybody that absolutely wants to move there. And the reason they don't want to move there is they are afraid for their life. And they're not afraid to work. They're not afraid of anything else. They're not even necessarily afraid of homeless people. But the problem is you can't go to San Francisco now without running into one. And you're scared. Yeah. You are scared. And, and that's only, what's happening. And it's only going to get worse. That's when, the point. When, when food shortages come. And, and people, again, you don't know how good you have it. And one of the greatest leeches on our food supply is something that they call ethanol. Yep. Ethanol production. By the way, you want to know the hot one of the hottest carbon yeah. uh, uh, hydrocarbon producers that's pumping just nastiness into the air. Ethanol. Go to Midland or Odessa mm -hmm. or wherever it is that, that, they, that they make a lot of this. You got some of the very large facilities. I have a friend. He goes out there. He does gas analyzers, and he goes out and every time he sees where they are making the ethanol, they're processing the corn into ethanol. He laughs because he says that all these people think that they're changing by drink, driving these flex fuel cars, which get, you know, 15% lower mileage, by the way, it's 15% ethanol in that E85. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a moment. Yep. Uh, in other words, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It just degrades your car and, and damages everything. Right. And costs and subsidies lots of money. But. It also has a government interference where we have a large expansion of ethanol production underway is underway in the United States, spurred by high oil prices and energy policies. The problem is, is it doesn't actually do anything for the burning of the gas in your car. Although corn is primarily feedstock to produce ethanol in the United States, uh, market adjustments to ethanol extension uh, to the ethanol expansion extend well beyond the corn sector. Adjustments to the agricultural sector, increased demand for biofuels will include or will continue, excuse me, as interest in renewable sources of energy grows. But there's also a problem with this. Again, recent article, by the way, links in the description below, and another article from Reuters, how ethanol plants, how ethanol plant shutdowns deepen pain for US corn farmers. And and Think about that, that is beautiful because here's the deal go folks you can research this because ethanol has not been around a terribly long time why did we go to ethanol why did we start producing this as a part of our gasoline product this goes back Big to farm. the the um the the years of the oil embargo we were low on gas, the supply of gas. How do we extend that? How do we make something to keep that from just totally being demolished? Because remember, if we run out of gas, we bring this country to our knees. And that right there is what led to ethanol production. Now, I'm okay with something like that happening. That's a that's a positive move. In theory. In theory. But who was a part of doing that? The federal government. And so let's compare that. Big scam. Let's compare that. Let's compare ethanol. Let's compare ethanol real quick to fracking. 
Okay, mm. let's compare ethanol to oh. fracking. Because that's a fun comparison. Take ethanol. You'll have something that is not naturally made. It is something that is, it is a, a uh, for lack of a better word, a manufactured process that does not, it didn't come out of any private research. Right. It didn't come out of something that people said, hey, let's solve a problem in the free market. Okay, fracking did. Fracking cheap made oil cheap. Ethanol diluted oil that you're putting in your tank. Yes. It diluted the petroleum and it did nothing, very little, very little, if anything, to actually burn and make your pistons fire in your in your cylinders and the engine of your car. It did nothing. So you take those two different avenues. Mm -hmm. One of them is propped up by the government and the government has to pour millions and millions, billions of dollars into ethanol. Yep. The other one, the government is actively stopping because they don't want you to be energy independent because, and, and they, let me be very specific, the people with the agenda to bring about a new world order where they are on top and they don't know what they're doing, but they're preparing the road for antichrist. These mm -hmm. people do not know what they're doing. They do not know where they will go. So let's compare those two for a moment, just from the chair of politics here. Why? On God's green earth, would you vote for someone who's pushing ethanol? Not someone who votes. I know there's a lot of uh, this and that in the, in the Senate and the House, and I don't like it, but I understand it. But people who are pushing agendas like ethanol. You know, well, the people who are voting I think he don't. was going politics. Go for it. <laughs> I was just going to say, that you're, you're talking about some people don't have an idea about. They haven't researched it. They haven't thought about it. And, and, and you just have to look at it just for a minute to say, Wait, this doesn't make sense. You're, you're, you're for ethanol, which does nothing other than soak up your money. It's, it was taxpayer money. Guys, it's your money. And by the way, it's not that hard to jump a tax bracket. And by the way, if the government stopped taking away 50, 60, 70 percent, 80 percent, by the time you realize how much they actually tax you, mm -hmm. it's not 30 percent <laughs> and it's not 40 percent. It's most it's most of your money that they take in one bite or another if they weren't doing that you would actually have a much better quality of life and you'd actually have a lot less confusing things to happen they wouldn't be able to hire eighty-six thousand new irs agents and look uh, i call the irs when i have a question right i'm not hiding from the irs I, blah, 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 blah. but they are there to persecute the people who are enemies of the state that's why they're there. You look at what they did during Barack Obama's era. Oh, my oh God. Yeah. You look at what they're doing now. <clears throat> so what we're doing is we're feeding, we're feeding something that does not love us. When we vote for these politicians who are in power, who are going to take things like ethanol, which, by the way, what is that going to do to the farms when we finally realize that ethanol is a bad idea? It, it, it's not going to be pretty. And... I want to go back to a point that I made a moment ago, and that is this. If we would just let the system deal with itself without the government getting involved, farmers are going to look, farmers will close up. That That is ultimately going to happen because you can produce an incredible amount of food on one farm, on one farm. So... I'm not, I'm not saying that farmers won't overall be affected. They very well might. 
But let the supply and demand take care of itself. It will work out. Well, if you leave the free market, here's what's going to happen. And, and I want you to jump in. If you let the free market take care of itself, you are going to have solutions that come out of the free market, mm -hmm. whether it's freezing milk or it is turning the corn into something else. It doesn't matter. Excuse me. Or canning the cherries. It doesn't matter what it is. You will find a solution if you let the market self-adjust. It's when the government sticks its hands in the, the till. If you do not work, you will not eat. You know, and that's something that Paul had to say. Because they were trying socialism in the yeah. early church. They tried to socialize the means of uh, production and the, and the assets. They tried to live communally and... Doesn't it, work so well. Doesn't work even with so-called Christians. You know, on the, on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the culture and the free market, what happens in that regard is, you know, a lot of these farmers that are producing a lot of corn, they'll change their crops. And then mm -hmm. what they'll Bingo. do is... is produce what sells and you know granted there'll be those that are going to be stubborn and not want to try to change and still try to produce certain things and then go oh man i'm you know i'm stuck i can't produce anything i got all of this corn and which at one point they'll have a bunch of stuff in a silo and then not be able to sell it and then have to sell it off as a, a feed stock and and not get a certain you know price on it that they were wanting but the following year they're going to change their yeah. crop and, and you know what what the market wants i want to throw some total support a direct knowledge of that my dad when we got into dairy, far dairy farming uh, i remember the price of milk was maybe around 11 12 dollars uh, per hundred pound okay if you go five years down the road from that, everybody expects inflation, right? Okay, so let's take just an average of what inflation would be per year. I'm going to do it on the low end. I mean, I'm going to do it on the low end. 3%. My dad would go down a number of years, and guess what the price of milk was at the end of those five years? It was the same price or less. Now, you out there that are listening to this, what would you do in those situations? I'm going to tell you in a moment what my dad would do, but I want you to think about what you would do. You're getting the same price. You've got inflation, so the cost of your gas, the cost of your crops, the cost of, of your equipment has all gone up 3% every year. Now, you might not think that's a big deal. In three, I said I'd go low. Yeah, it was higher than three. But the thing is, what would you do? Okay, so what does my dad do? What's the logical thing that you do? Produce more milk. Can't sell it. You're not moving the needle. Mm -hmm. So now what do you do? You do exactly what Steve just said a moment ago. And that's what my dad did. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're, we're just going to raise some extra oats. We're going to cut some trees out of the forest that we've got on, on part of our land and try to sell some of this wood. You, you adjust. Yeah. That's what it's about. Make the adjustment. Would there have come a time in which my dad would have said, we need to be done with dairy farming? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yep. And there's an argument that we actually have too many people in that industry. And part of it is because of the subsidies. Yep. And you're in the situation where we're paying mm -hmm. for, we're 
paying for that milk that is being dumped. And it's not going to children in Africa or something. I don't say it's not going anywhere. It's going in the ground. It's going in the ground and does nothing there. I mean, at least with at least with with produce, you're grinding it up, putting it back into the ground. But that's something else I wanted to cover real quick. And guys, we're kind of getting towards the end end of this this podcast. Something interesting happening during during COVID, and uh, I, I I don't like this, but I would say that this is interesting because it is almost poetic and uh you guys understand what i'm saying in a moment i don't say poetic in a way that i'm happy but it is poetic in a sad sort of way so this is uh in a story out of uh sky news in australia link in the description as always let's listen to well, it real farmers quick. are having to destroy their crops as the covid induced worker shortage leaves them with nobody to harvest them it's having a snowball effect on major food chains who are facing a supply crunch Perfectly good produce ploughed back into the ground. This is the harsh reality for some South Gippsland farmers left with no staff to harvest their crops. We had about 44 staff away at once. Our production has gone down uh, 50% or even more. Chris Schruers is having to destroy 300,000 celery plants. The third generation farmer now can't meet orders for all the major supermarkets wow. and has had to stop exports. It just disrupts the whole the whole chain from not only your business but you know the people that you rely on to, to get your product from A to B and then your, your, your clients and the end consumers at, at the end of the day aren't getting the produce on the shelves. While shoppers are faced with empty supermarket shelves, Woolworths and Coles have also had to cancel some orders from growers. Everyone's balancing what they can do. It's trying to streamline as much as they can do. Across at Taranto Farms, they've been lucky and able to pick and package their leek and carrot crops. You've got farmers losing a lot of money, but we're just not supplying and it's just making it hard to go forwards and, and for the future. Some of the workers have been forced to isolate, but now they're back on board. Plus farming from home, so um, it makes it a bit harder, but everyone pulls together and we get it all done. Growers are hoping they don't face more worker shortages, but with the COVID peak still to come, they say, they're not holding their breath. While food handling staff are allowed to return to work if they're a close contact and asymptomatic, they need to have access to rapid tests, which is still a struggle. We need to make sure that um, we can get our workers back into the supply chain as soon as possible. So Today I'm going to show you the five... And that yes. shouldn't even be an issue. Well, and... There's two things going on there. There's the government subsidizing yes. people staying home. But I find that there's, a, there's an irony to this. Because what were we supposed to do every seven years? Let the land rest. Let the land go fallow. Right. And every 49 years, what were we supposed to have? Your Jubilee. Jubilee. Where we let everyone, we release everyone of their debts. We allow everyone to rest for a year. We let the workers rest for a year. Everyone took a sabbatical. You stored up in your grain house. You stored up your money and you saved so you could buy from someone else's grain house if you weren't a landowner. And in 2020, we did have a sabbatical. <laughs> and I don't say that with any glee in my heart, but there definitely was a bit of poetry there because we, and this is something that the restorative farming movement has really gotten into, but um, we should do a podcast just on this how the ground is going to be dead in 50 years if we don't change our farming practices. Mm. Mm. 
I'm surprised. It's interesting because if you remember back in the early 1900s, they had the, what was it, the dust storm? And it was because of poor farming practices. And um, I believe that's the government did get involved to train farmers. you got to let this land rest. Uh, so that's I'm, actually I'm a land. Yeah. I'm surprised that farmers would not be doing that. I mean, well, I know that uh, around there are people who do uh, rotate their fields. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. My dad did. And, sure. you know, they'll they'll go, they'll have certain amounts of land and they'll let a field just lay and just let one one year out of seven let stuff mm-hmm. grow and then they'll come back after that year and then just plow up everything that's yeah. grown up on it my great-grandpa you know, was not it was not a um he, he was catholic but he wasn't strictly speaking a godly man and he was working his his men seven days a week and he never let the land go fallow mm-hmm. and one day he heard that that was appropriate thing and i forget what happened i think something traumatic happened someone was injured and, and he let flango fallow for one year and then he also realized that the sabbath was important he started giving the boys one day a week off Ooh. Mm-hmm. he noticed productivity doubled he noticed that oh the fruit the bounty the harvest is actually more when he started to rest one section every seven years and uh, it's almost like God didn't make stupid rules. I'll tell you what, in, in mm-hmm. for those that don't really understand Chick-fil-A, that is the premise of of their of their model. And the thing is, if you you can research this, folks, you might you might have a, an in an aversion to Chick-fil-A just because of their political stances, if you will. But I want to remind you that they are the best franchise when it comes to revenue per store. Mm -hmm. They double, they double McDonald's, who is open seven days a week. There's a reason for that. Yep. Now, part of it is sociopolitical, right? Because a lot of us, a lot of us go and eat the Lord's chicken, which has since turned gay. It's a whole different podcast (laughs) to talk about. Yeah, it's a little bit. But but there's something to be said about about biblical principles. They woke up. Yeah, they 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 woke up. But you know what? I'm I'm so tired of boycotting. There's some things I will stand on if they're actively coming after something. That's fine. If they have a diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, person on their board. Please don't, but I'm not necessarily going to boycott just over that. Uh, you know, and I don't want to go too far with this rabbit. I will tell you that is exactly the way I took it. Am I thrilled about it? No. Am I seeing something that is totally counter to what I believe is right? Do they actively you hate know. the cross like in there? Are they actively going after Christians or are they actively going after children like Target? Yeah, like that, that's an easy that's different. sort of thing. Yeah. Bud Light, Bud Light, Target. It's like if I'm, if all of your merchandise is something that is antithetical, it is Sodom and Gomorrah. Maybe I, I, I want to back off that. But, and we did a podcast on that. Yeah, and did, folks, right. you should you should look for that podcast. It's a really good discussion. But bringing it back around to to this, when you take a a situation where you're allowing the federal government to pay for 
dumping crops, the way you worded it a, a few minutes ago, were literally paying to dump milk. You know, that anytime, does not make sense. Anytime you get the government involved in something, it never goes it's not, good. Not good. It becomes less efficient. Yes. By nature. Everything. And so in in the so just to cap off the the, the land going fallow, the, the the word says this in Exodus twenty three, uh, I believe it's Exodus twenty three eleven. But the seventh year you shall let the land rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the fields may eat, and like manner you shall do with your vineyards and your olive grove. Mm. So. I'm I'm not a big fan of saying this is the judgment of God. That's the judgment of God. Right, blah blah blah. Right. But maybe here, it, it, it's interesting how it how it all kind of panned out. Yep. Yep. So, I think you know when you look at us as individuals, I'm not telling you to go full on prep, okay. But I think you should do your own research and you should understand what yep. you might want to get get prepared for because if you've yielded as much control to the federal government as what we have and they decide to pull the plug on access to that guys forget about for, forget about the baseball games for your your kids or anything like that you want food you're going to try to figure out how to survive so and, and by the way there, there's great that you know not sponsored by patriot food supply not right. please please but take it anyway but <laughs> but um there, there are that's a good thing but there are ways there, there's a book out there how to grow everything you need in uh, three square yeah. yards yeah and I, i've got a friend who's part of the restorative farming movement just what he gets out of one row it's it's half the length of this it's the length of that wall to that wall is enough to feed your family if you if you were to condense it and to do it the do way it you right. wanted to yep uh what he does though is he's got about uh 12 of those and he's pulling off about two pounds of produce a day off of off that's of that. pretty every, significant every, every day which you can get and and he is pumping it out and he's selling it to other people you know he's got uh it's amazing what you can do with just your backyard so steve going back real quick to your to your pigs and, and deer meat how many pounds of meat do you think you would have a year oh man i i man i don't know i've never really tried to weigh it um i fill a freezer up okay Charlie. so, so that's I, an I example up with enough to feed my family me um at the time my wife and a, a another person living with us and then i give some away so i mean that look at that one simple act of going out and hunting Produced enough meat probably for almost a year. Yeah. Learn learn oh, yeah. how to jerk your meat because yeah. if you don't have refrigeration, if things come to that, you right. want to preserve learn, it. Learn how to preserve oh, that yeah. meat. Preserving meat. Yeah, and, and there's various ways to do that. You just need a few pounds of salt in your uh, uh, in in your cupboard yep. to get yeah. a long way. And you can can meat that works yep. real well. Yep. You know, so Boy, people don't know about that. Right. I know. And if you do it right, yeah. it works out really well. If you do it wrong. Don't 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 do it wrong. It's botulism that kills you. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, my mom my mom used to can meat, and if you want to talk about the yummiest uh, oh. beef stews, the most tenderest meat you oh, yeah. ever oh, eat. You are ever. not kidding, Charlie. Good. 
I believe it. Yes, good. Me. Great stuff. Yes. So, wrapping up. I, if oh, you'd like me, I'd, I'd go ahead. just like to read one sentence that really surprised me off of that Washington Post. Go ahead. And it said, the demand for organic and plant-based food is growing, as is the demand for alternatives to animal products. Now, question, has anybody seen an increase in plant-based foods like meat alternative plant-based? Yeah. I mean... In the health industry, and, I and think that not in a personal circle, no, but in, in I don't, the, I personally don't see like this huge row of plant based meats laying out because there's this huge increase yeah. of people wanting it. What were you saying, Miss Nikki? In the in the health industry, it, yeah, there are people who are quote unquote, want to embrace a healthier way of life are moving in that direction. I don't personally know but, any of my personal circles, but, um, and that might be that that industry is growing. That's why they can make the statement. But, but I also let, know. Let, let, let me understand. Let me show you something though. There are people who are going to embrace a healthy way of life for about three months and then I'm going back to the way <laughs> But I, I also <laughs> know people that are embracing a healthy way of, of eating and go on a carnivore diet, mm -hmm. which oh, I yes. think is healthier. Yes. yes, which is even healthier you, than just a plant-based diet. You can be on an omnivorous diet. You can be on a carnivorous diet. It's hard to be on a purely vegetarian diet. Yep. It is hard. It is much harder. With meat, all you have to do is eat more of the uh, animal than what you would normally do and eat the right parts in the right proportions, whereas you have to really change your taste buds pretty strongly to get the extra protein and you need to have things like sprouted grains to be able to do full full vegetarian otherwise you will be sick yes and so um that's a whole nother conversation that we could have about the human body and about what happened after the flood and and why we started to mm -hmm. eat meat but uh this has been a good topic though yeah i think so so yeah. wrapping up for the day miss nikki final thoughts on the biblical understanding of how a farmer should be allowed to carry out their business and what the government's role in is and is not. Well, biblically, the government's role is to promote good and punish evil. And I understand people could make an argument. Well, we're trying to help the people. I, I agree with my father-in-law. You just let supply and demand take care of itself and it will work its way out. The government has been so involved now, it would be like a strangulation. I mean, it, for some people would just it, it, the economy would just really hurt, but eventually it would it would work itself out. And going further, it would it would work, and it would yeah. be a stronger economy and a stronger industry if the government just sat back and let it work supply and demand. Absolutely, Mr. Charlie. Well, I tell you, we need to ask the right questions. What is right? What is wrong here? When you when you have the federal government paying you to dump something that you're producing, does that sound right to you? Does that really sound right to you? Somebody's paying for that. We don't need the federal government to get involved with controlling production of anything. We really don't want them to have control of the production of food. It's kind of scary. Uh, it is. Moving over to Mr. Steve, Mr. Chair Culture. Yeah. Any, you know, 
any time that the government gets involved in anything, it always goes down. You know, you have the government getting involved with handing out money to people. What happens there? The family went down. Uh, getting with the poor, the poor, the people got poorer. Think about it. Mm-hmm. They got poorer. Yep. If you know, if that sounds right, uh, you know, families. You got more single mothers. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have fathers or hanging around. They they do what? They get pregnant so they can get an extra check. Yep. I mean, and, and they got how many fathers doing that? Too many. Four or five baby daddies. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bad. And dad's having the time of his life. Yes. And it's the same it's the same thing with the farms. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you got what happening? The 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 government get involved with the farms and they're paying them to to dump food when you got people starving in America, homeless people that are starving on the streets. Doesn't make Come sense. On. It, that, the, I mean, yeah. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. I was just going to say when we were talking about the supply and demand, I think it would be really wise if the supply and demand started locally and then moved to state and really kept within the state instead of moving in, in big federally. Does that make sense? Well, you're going to have a federal be just because what's made in Maine is desired in, in California, but... What I think you're alluding to partially is is the governance of that. Yes. If, if there's any that's, governance, that, yes. it really needs to be local. And what, what, what I would say, just kind of wrapping up for the day here in the chair of, uh, of politics, I would say this. It is really, really important to remember who God is mm-hmm. and what government is. Government is ordained by God, established to produce a godly outcome in the culture and in the environment and to foster a land that is safe. That is what government is for. Where government goes wrong, government's a good thing. It's a God-ordained institution, but it was ordained because of man's sinfulness and because of man's sinfulness, it also goes wrong. Mm. And where it has gone wrong here is it has substituted God in this one respect. It has decided that I will choose exactly what is right and when food will be brought out, how food will be brought out, I will change. The, and there's, there's something important about being, being wise, but I will affect when a drought occurs or when it will not. Instead of looking to God, we're going to do this and we're going to dump these things. We're going to fix this price and we're going to regulate what you as a small, large or medium farm can do. Whenever the government does that, yep. it always goes wrong. Okay. It always fails. And, of course, what the government can and, always do And is... I'm going to burn up everything with my energy weapon. <laughs> Another time. Another time. So, with that said, that's a reference to Lahaini. Uh, we don't have the evidence of that, but it is interesting. We can talk about that maybe on a different podcast. Uh, uh, when just... we have more facts. Yeah. When we have more facts. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Yeah. With that said, we love y'all. Thank you so much we for listening, that watching, at you there, John Arthur. being on Rumble, <laughs> YouTube. Uh, guys, we're going to get on the we're gonna get the video on the X app. We'll see what happens because that has less censorship than uh, YouTube, the X app, Twitter. 
And yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So some people, yeah, I, I, I still don't know our, what to call it. X, yeah. Is it an X? Is it a tweet? Well, here's what, how media is starting to refer to man. it. I, I'm seeing more and more just say X. The problem is, what is the message called that you're sending out? Is it an Xer? Is I it X'd an Xing? <laughs> X, I, Sounds like an off you. I, I X'd you. I'll be honest with you. I, <laughs> boy, there's another topic. Boy. I'm not sure why. Elon changed it the way he did. No, you know what he did? Okay, okay. So, so, okay. (sighs) You would reason why he did that is he took Twitter off the board and he replaced it with all the infrastructure. So you could say it was a dumb move taking a household name and killing it. But what he did was, is he took all that infrastructure and all those people and yes. carried it over. So you could call it a big brain or a smooth brain move. I'm, I'm going to let the history write that out and, and we'll, we'll just see. But what yep. he did is, is he annihilated one of the top five apps yep. and he made that infrastructure his own. And I'm okay with him rebranding. I just wished he had used a better name. <laughs> I'm not, not a fan of the X. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, he that Twitter. With that said, <laughs> like, comment, share, all that good stuff. We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. Okay. If you are still here, if you are still here, you are either our super listener or you fell asleep. So going around the room, what is your favorite produce? If you could only have oh. one thing in the apocalypse... Along with your toilet paper and your and your toothpaste, what would be your Ooh. one if you could have mm. one thing off the y- shelf? And you said produce. Yeah, produce. Pro- so milk, cheese, lettuce, tomato. What would be your one thing that farmers Refer- produce? Ooh. Well, I probably I eat a lot of salad, and I, I I really enjoy that. So I would probably go with lettuce. I'd probably go more. He, he's uh, going to go with milk. Well, no, I'm I'm <laughs> leaving milk out of this. I do drink a lot of milk. I would probably go potato. That's a good choice. A lot of calories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like sweet potatoes a lot. That's um, a good one. And Dude. they're easy to grow, too. They're not difficult to grow. Uh, and you can produce a whole lot of them. And they are excellent eating, and they're great uh, uh, as far as vitamins go. Yes, and they're good yes. for you. True. I all, all three of those things would be great things, and they're all potentially on my list. But I did say milk or cheese. I would definitely keep the cheese around. Oh, yep. God. Yeah, yeah, you are what you cheese. eat, and where would I be without cheese? You, you're yeah, a cheese you're so cheesy. I can <laughs> tell us in the comments <laughs> yeah. section what you would like in the apocalypse. I would, that be would be an interesting response. Yeah. I would love to hear that. I want to hear oh, that. So would I. That would be great. Let us know down there. We love you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.